Hello, and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. Good to see you guys on this spring morning as we're declaring. And um, so here's the point of the whole message today. No matter where I end up trailing through and going, this is what this is. This is the point we're trying to hit home. Um, there's something found in Second Peter, one, verse two and three, that says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue." Um, The divine power of the Lord Jesus has given us all things, has, past tense, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We've been given and equipped with everything we will ever need. You know, we're not crying out for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. That happened 2,000 years ago. And our only job is to make room and accept what has been done. Yes. And so that's today's point. Really, the point point of that scripture and what I want to talk about today is that this scripture, it's about recognizing the reality that God is actually with you and he's actually in you and he's already given you everything you need. Um, Also, what I'm going to propose today is that um, simply walking in relationship to him, the practicality of walking in relationship to him and dealing with the matters of the heart as they come up are actually key to unlocking the reality of heaven and walking in the fulfillment of our true calling and purpose in this life. Um, We can be so caught up waiting for a breakthrough, you know, looking for what's my, my next move, my next platform and all these, you know, all these different things that we're not actually being faithful in the here and now in the present, releasing what we're called to release, being those vessels of the rivers of living water, but also, being faithful with the issues of heart as they come up and manifesting the reality of being conformed to the image of Jesus, you know, because that's important. Our nature, our person coming back into that song, which they wrote, everything who he is is who we truly are, seeing him and and becoming unlocked in that. Um, You know, wielding the authority that's been given to us, you know. We can become so focused on looking for our needs to be met that we never think of the fact that it's not on his end that things aren't going as they should be. Like there may be actually issues of the heart that he's fully wanting to deal with relationally that we haven't even thought to engage him in. And when this happens, sometimes people will find themselves in a place of stagnancy, you know, of not actually moving forward in the things of God. Like he's actually there. See, the Bible's full of instances where, where Jesus comes as, you know, the word of the Lord, the word of God who was God in the beginning, you know, all of these, these beautiful things. And he's there and people don't even realize him because he doesn't come into life sometimes or often on a horse and chariots of fire with explosions and fireworks. It's by faith we understand and believe that what he's done has been done and we can enter into it. Come on. 
we don't need a red carpet. The red carpet was laid out 2,000 years ago. The Spirit has been poured out without measure, John the Baptist said in John 3. He doesn't give the Spirit by measure. So we're not waiting for something more. He's given us the whole thing. And it is our, by faith, we actually recognize this reality and choose it in the here and now. And I think about John, you know, I love, the, I love when John the Baptist showed up and they're asking him in John 1, like, <laughs> you know, who are you? Are you the prophet? Are you, the, are, you the, are, you, are you Elijah? Are you the Christ? All these things. And he says, and he's all about, you know, no, I'm, I'm none of these things. I baptize, you, I baptize you with water in John 1, 26, but there stands one among you whom you don't know who is coming after me and who's before me whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to tie. He's talking about the Messiah and the Lamb of God. But, but I love that. Like there's, there's, there's one that's already actually among you and with you and you haven't realized it, is what he said. Yeah. You know, they're debating him in a crowd. Like, who are you? Which one are you? Are you this? Are you that? Which one are you claiming to be? You know, are you claiming, how about the Messiah? Like, and it's like, no, I'm not him, but he's here. And can you imagine the goosebumps that went through everybody that recognized and believed that he was a prophet? Like, what do you mean he's here? As in here? As in amongst us? As in this crowd? Hundreds of people? You know, which one is he? You know what I mean? He's here. And that's the Christian reality of separation has been completely destroyed. And there's story after story. And, and you know, I could do them all day like a movie where people... Um, are around the embodiment of Yahweh in the flesh without knowing it. And they react to him. Fotini last week, you know, they smart off to him or whatever, you know what I mean? And he patiently waits around with them and actually, boom, and then he drops the hammer, you know, and breaks the rock that was in the stumbling, you know, the thing that was blocking the road, the path of life in their, in their world. And, um, and that's who he is to us in the here and now. And so today, you know, sometimes I just give the message what I feel like I'm supposed to give, right? Which I, I always do that. <clears throat> and sometimes I deliver it as, as like the behind the scenes of the way I got it. And so today, if it's not too strange, it's really not all that strange. But the way I felt this message come for me this week, um, we're going to be in Mark chapter six, and we're going to talk about one of these stories where he was there and no one really knew. And um, it, it will come back to that main point that we, that we, it's supposed to come back to that main point. We'll see, you know, we'll see how the thing, um, you know. But I had a dream this week, right? And in this dream, it was Sunday, and I was getting up to speak to the church. You know, I was preparing to speak to the church. Only, instead of it being us or y'all, you know, I was speaking to an entirely different group of people. And I wasn't super excited about it. Um, and I knew that I had agreed to it. It wasn't on my plans, which was one of my message plans, what I was thinking. Um, but that, <coughs> excuse me, but I was gonna speak to this group of people and they were all, the majority of them were actually older. And I have a real heart, just a little background story. And, and maybe you know this being from here and maybe many of you don't, but there's some incredible things that were deposited in, in this land, you know, some 30, 40 years ago. And, and, and incredible people that came in and out of this land, you know, some 34 years ago, and probably even more than that. But so many large ministries that were, were people, young people, you know, we think of these places like YWAM and Teen Mania and Agape Force and, and now Mercy Ships and all these incredible things that are in our little territory. And it's just like, why are they here? But so many of them came by the word of the Lord drawing people here. 
and them establishing these ministries here in, 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 in this little Smith County area, you yeah. know. And um, it, it's, it's very interesting, you know, going back, uh, eh, I can tell this, it's, it's, when we first moved here, Nicole and I, my parents couldn't have kids. They were having trouble having kids when they were, when they were young, when they were in their 20s. And they'd been married for several, several years and just were, were barren or whatever. And this little, this British guy comes to their church in Florida and he was this fiery preacher that was borderline, you know, he wanted to kick somebody in the pants. Like he was one of those, you know, he had a little bit, he, he veered on that side sometimes, named Leonard Ravenhill. And, um, you know, uh, written books and all these things. He's a British guy, but for some reason he was in Florida. And he said, I'm going to pray for people that, that aren't able to have kids. That's what I feel like God's told me to do on this time. And, and learning about him, it sounds like that wasn't even the kind of gear he usually operated in. It was more like the brimstone and I'm going to yeah. drop the hammer. You know what I mean? But for some reason, I mean, he just softened up this week or something. I don't know. And so he prays for my parents, this little British guy. And, you know, now we, they got kids. They got three of us, you know, out of the deal. So it, it, was, it was really a sweet thing. They told me this as a kid, and, and, and my mom had written him letters, like, we've had kids, and thanks for praying for us. And he wrote my mom back. So we have letters from this little British guy named Leonard Ravenhill. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's funny, and it's, and it's like, it's sweet. But when we moved here, you know, Nicole was into the Christian thing and, and probably a little hotter than me, younger than me, and um, she read some of the guy's books because she was out of that, some, you know, some of that Pentecost, you know, Assemblies of God and all that. So she, she was about, she, she, you know, that was her history. So anyway, anyway he, he was real popular in that scene, right? But, um, and in a lot of scenes. But anyways, long story short, we moved here and somebody was telling us the history of all these places. All, you know, this, I am started, you know, ranched out here and teaming and Agape Force, the largest printing press in the world at the time, sending last day's messages all over the world was the title of their magazine and stuff. It was actually, Stephanie, it was your dad, Patrick, who showed us a lot of these places. But um, one of the things we learned initially when we moved here is like, yeah, and, and Leonard Ravenhill, the little British minister, is, is buried here. He moved here. I was like, I thought he was from England or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is he, he's married here. So it was the funniest thing. Initially, I had to call my parents and be like, hey, Leonard Ravenhill, is that the same guy? And they're like, that's him, yeah, what, you know? I was like, he's actually buried here in this town that the Lord's moved us to. It's really in Garden Valley, so it's like 25 minutes away, you know. But it was funny because I got to take, we went, this is going to creep some people out, but we went. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, Patrick actually was touring us around, Patrick Butler. And, and, and he takes me and Alan, who just had a baby, and, and Anthony, and he's showing us all these properties. And we went and he said, this is where Leonard Ravenhill's actually buried. So I took a picture next to his grave with my arm on his grave and sent it to my parents. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you remember this guy? Is he the guy that prayed for you and resulted in some of us? Like, hey, what do you, what do you know? Kind of like small world, you know what I mean? And so, like, moving here, it's like, wow, we, we have a real tie to this region and this land and this place, and our church really does. And we've had so many that come in and out of the Hoff that are from Lindale and from that area, or they're brought here for those reasons, but then they come down in here. And so it's just, there's something spiritually, there's something spiritually in the DNA and the, and, and the prophetic ministry and stuff that was in that region that much of us probably thwarted maybe and, and all that stuff. And, um, but that is very much something that I feel like in ancient ruins that we're, we're called to, you know, continue in, in, in some fashion, okay? So 
anyhow, the, that's this place. And so that's our, even we have a, we feel like a really strong tie to certain parts of it. A lot of it we don't want to tie to, you know, probably the majority, but you know, just the DNA, the spiritual, <laughs> the spiritual majority of, of real Christianity, you know, Amen. people coming here from all over the world, you know, a lot of our people, you know, Steve, Donna, they came here from California in those, you know, what, it was like 80 years ago, right? When you guys moved here? <laughs> no, uh, 50, 40. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, so many of you have those connections, but, um, you know, from 20, 20, 30 minutes away. And so it's, it's, it's kind of special to us. But in this dream, I'm, I'm speaking this weekend, this Sunday, instead of here with you guys. But it's like I, I'm, I'm speaking to this group of people that's, that's from there. And it's almost all um, older people, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s that are there. Yeah. And so, um, but there's this sense of the heart, the feel of the, of the energy of the place was that uh, people were kind of disgruntled and disappointed. And, um, you know, they were um, maybe even disillusioned. They were once in pursuit of the Lord, um, but maybe disappointments and failures and, and moral failures of leaders or all kinds of different things had happened to the point where they were just kind of, kind of dejected where offense had come in. And um, I have a heart for these people, but in the dream, I, I didn't, I was more like, I want to come back to my squad, my people <laughs> at Hop, you know what I mean? I'll do this one week, but after this, I'm back, you know? And, um, but all this to say, how strange is this message, right? Um, you know, maybe not for you guys, maybe it is. But um, all this to say, I knew that I was supposed to speak Mark 6, which in my mind, I didn't have, there's so many aspects of Mark 6. It's, I mean, he's walking on water. He's, you know, John the Baptist, the Jezebel spirit of, of Herod's wife. And it, it's just, there's so much there that I'm like, you know, what am I going to, what am I going to do here? You know? And, um, um, but it's funny. Sometimes I'll have an anxiety, like a dream where I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pressure where I'm waking up to speak and I just can't flip my Bible. I can't find the right page. Where's second Peter at? It's in the front, it's in the back. And I'm up there for like an hour just flipping around. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? And it's usually funny, but it's like, um, in this dream, I could not find Mark 6. I was just like flipping up there, flipping around. But I didn't even, I wasn't worried about it because I was like, these people have been waiting forever. Like, I, you know, I'm just going to have to find this. And I'm like, what is the deal? What's, why am I not finding this? So I wake up in the morning, of course. And what are you going to go look at? Yeah, man, let's find out what Mark 6 is talking about, you know, compared to these people that are, you may be disappointed or disgruntled and, or maybe think, maybe think their life has passed them by, you know. And um, I start realizing, hey, maybe, maybe it hasn't for anyone, and maybe this is about the Lord being with everybody in the here and now. And maybe not over-spiritualizing things, but walking Christianity out in a real practical way that causes it to, to be real life, applicable, but also unlocks the reality of the mystic realm that we're called to be walking in, what we have come, right? Um, Hebrews 12, singing this song, we've come to Mount Zion. That's, that's what that scripture is about. Like, you haven't come to religion. You've come to the real one, not the one that couldn't be touched and burned with smoke. If you read Hebrews 12, it's like you've come to the innumerable number of angels, the symbiote of the firstborn. Like, this is heavenly reality we've stepped into. Even if it's not our experience, it is our reality. But our, but our experience can catch up to our reality. Certainly supposed to. And... Um, so Mark 6 is something very simple, and, and it's, there's not much to it, but 
or, or the portion that I felt was, was applicable. But it's kind of like John the Baptist saying, he's actually already here and everybody would be like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> we didn't see the chariots of fire. We didn't see the, you know what I mean? Um, so he comes out of his own country. We'll start in Mark 6, 1. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach. Um, he came to his own country. So he comes back to his home, hometown, which is, which is interesting. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this? which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. So Jesus comes back into the synagogue and he starts blowing minds, which is what he does. He starts opening the scriptures with the wisdom of heaven. And there's also power that's being released. Whether they've heard of it or it's happening here, it's, it's probably both. Um, but in verse three, it says, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James? Cause you know, uh, the kids, you go to college at 12 years old, you start working on your trade or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Your bar mitzvah, you know. So he's trained under Joseph. So apparently he had the, the carpenter thing going. Is this not the carpenter? And are not his sisters and brothers here with us? It says, so they were offended at him. And this is something that blinds people from the presence of the Lord. Yeah. This is something that Jesus warned us about and gave so many times and we've done these luke 17s we luke 11 when you think of the lord's prayer you've come to your true dad our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread the communication the communion the manna from heaven this relational con connection that we're all called to walk in give us our daily bread and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil you know but but that little tag right there and Forgives us our debts as we forgive is interesting. It's like he's guarding us from offense. You know, he's teaching us and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone. You know, I just ripped through it, right? Because we're, we pray this before our basketball games in high school as a good luck incantation, even though none of us were living it or believed it. But it's like, give us this day our daily bread and forgive our transgressions as we forgive those who do, 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 and deliver us not into temptation. But it's like, it's like, screw You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, wait a second. There's something about forgiveness in there. The very, the very antidote to becoming offended in our heart and in our life. That is the, the catch of this prayer. And it's not a catch. It's not a contingency. Forgive us. For we also forgive. Forgiveness isn't something we do to get or get to do. It's something that we abide in as a posture of the sons of God sons and daughters of God. But in that alignment, we are actually in the alignment of our Father who's in heaven. You know? Jesus didn't get beat by his dad. You know? No. Jesus is the full embodiment of Yahweh. Father was reconciling the people to himself in Jesus. Right? And Jesus' words are what? Forgive them. They don't even know. It's like, I, I, I refuse to hold against anyone anything I claim their ignorance. We, we claim insanity, right? You know, sometimes in, 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 but he literally is claiming literally ignorance. They did it on accident. They don't know. And I'm thinking, I'm in the back row offended, thinking like, this looks pretty deliberate, man. Your beard getting ripped out. You're, you're getting beat and stripped and mocked. And this is unjust. And I'm so, I'm offended for you. Let's fight them. You know, but, but it's like, no, 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 no. Like they don't know. It's a, it's a higher level. 
It's a different mindset. And this offense that was in them caused them not to see who he was in the midst of them. And also the fact that he didn't come in a way that was impressive. And an offense like, you mean you've been here all along. You can't tell me the gospel is this easy. How about this? I've been living this. Oh, I've been through it. Oh, I know. I know. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like, you can't tell me it's this easy. He's been here. I know his sisters. I know it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's the offense. That's the most offensive part. He has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness already. So if we're not stepping into it, it's not like, well, no, he's not. We're waiting on him. I'm holding him. I'm holding promises to him. Brother, amen. You know, brother Ben, you know, all it's like, it's like, no, man, like, listen, it's, it's been done. And if it's not your reality, it's not on his end. But there might be practical things to walk out in the, in the realm of a relational connection to him and the heart that the shepherd is leading. We don't lead him around. He's not on a leash. Yank, yank, yank. A prayer leash. You know what I'm saying? The shepherd is leading us and he's leading us into the things. But I want this and you, I want to go left and you're going right. It's like, well, I, I, I want to give you what's left. But when we go right, it's going to cause things in your heart to be made whole in a place that you can actually receive when we decide to go left. Yes, you know, everything he go- does is goodness, but he's actually real. That's another thing. He's real even if we don't have goosebumps. You know, I love the revelatory realm, angelic, and even I like the demonic stuff sometimes because it gets me fired up, you know. But listen, the reality is we don't need the, the tickles and giggles. <laughs> that's, I don't know, uh, the goosebumps or the feels, you know, <laughs> the tickles and giggles. I don't know what that is. Rewind. Amanda, can we take that out of the message? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. I have children, okay? Um... Oh, yeah, I say silly things. But it's like, um, you know, they're, you know, I called it something that I thought was really great, but now I don't see what I wrote. Um, but, f- you know, the factors of offense and appointment, disappointment, oh, that's what it is. The trap of familiarity. Yeah. yeah, we can be way too familiar with God that we don't really know. And that's what I felt about the room that I was speaking in. I do not feel that way about you guys, I pr- I, you know. You guys are lions, man, when I look out here. You really are amazing. And, um, but in this dream, I felt that way. It was like, ah, oh, you know, the, the trap of familiarity. They don't even want what I have to say. They're so stuck and burnt. When it's so practical, they're just going to have to walk it out, you know. Think about John 5, and I've done that so many times. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful story, the pool of Bethesda. Everybody's lame and crippled and sick and laying around the pool waiting for an angel. They believe this angel named Raphael would come and stir the waters every once in a while and whoever got into the water first would be healed. This is John 5. It's really in your Bible. And um, Jesus literally walks up to a paralytic guy and asks him if he wants to be made home. Hey, hey you wanna, do you want to be made? And he's just like, I don't have anybody to pick me up. He kind of shoots an excuse at him. But Jesus' instructions is to take up your bed right now and walk. In other words, like, hey, I'm actually already here, so get up and walk. There's something so much greater than this angelic outpouring that's going to come and stir this pool that everyone's waiting on. Jesus is like, I'm not playing by those, those charismatic rules. I'm actually here yeah. now. Yeah. And there's practicality that you can actually, in relationship to me, get up and start moving. 
John 5. Please read it if you haven't read that. I'm saying it well. Um, I'm telling you that this is in the Bible. Some people are like, there's an angel stirring water in the Bible. Like, yeah, I know it's weird. It's in there though. And, um, but, but there was greater, the, the angel of the Lord, the person of Yahweh was there, which trumps any you know, visitation or stirring or, you know, oh, you know, wait the next, you know what I'm saying? Jesus comes straight to him and it's like, it's about your will. Do you want to be, do you want to walk this out? Because if you do, listen to my voice and walk it out. And that's what he did. So many times forgiveness is our key. It's one of them. It's one of them. It's not, it's not everything. It's not everybody's issue, but you know what I'm saying? It does say that these people were offended in Mark um, 6. And it's just like they were offended because of who he was. Oh, he's, ah, you know, it caused offense. Hey, listen, offense is so often, man, in my, I would say, career this past, you know, 10, 15 years, offense that I've seen in the church is so many times it is literally just an excuse to not walk out an accountability or not to walk out your purpose in the Lord. It's like, I don't want to go any farther with the Lord because I don't want to deal with my stuff. So I concoct an offense against someone and it's like, well, they didn't treat me well or this person, they never, they weren't nice to me or I just don't relate well in anybody there or I just don't, you know, it's all these different things. Offense is so often an excuse. And in this place, they don't have any reason to be offended, which I don't think anyone does. Not on this side of the tracks because Jesus said that, right? He said, hey, if, if your brother sins against you, how many times? A day? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, well, what if he... You know, Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. Like, by no means, you never don't forgive. I believe that's Luke 17, and I love that. I love that reality. I wasn't going forgiveness today, but it feels, it feels potent. You know what I'm saying? It, feel, it feels good. If your brother sins against you, for, you know, and repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, well, what if he doesn't repent? It's like, that's the point of, of sinning seven times in a day and returns you and says he repents every time. It's obviously not... <laughs> He doesn't mean it when he repents. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter if he means it or not or says it or not. Forgiveness is about your heart being whole no matter what. But you don't know what they did to me. It's like, yeah, I believe. I'm sure it's bad. And I'm sure we've all walked into it. But if we don't release the forgiveness, we won't walk in the authority we're called to. And we'll be stuck in that room. And the movement of God will have passed us by. And we're like, well, what are we even doing with our life? What am I even doing? Is this stuff even real? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I had a dream. I had visions. I had da, 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 you know, I had these things. I had this prophetic word. I had all this stuff. It's like, hey, listen. Hey, listen, man. The word of the Lord is, is living and actually sharp and two-edged sword, man. I, I don't talk very good. You know I don't talk very good. I mumble sometimes. But what I'm trying to say is that it, it, it never returns a void. Amen. It, it happens. So th- when things aren't coming the way we want or the way we see it, it's like our job is to continually follow the shepherd into what he is feeding. Because what he is feeding and leading us into, even if it is offenses and the things of the heart manifesting, it's like, hey, let's deal with those things and let them be whole. Well, I feel like I've already done that. I've already released forgiveness 10 times. I'll release it 11 or 12 in your own heart until you don't feel the pain of it. You don't feel the sting of it. And then you start to pray for enemies, bless those who curse you. These things that Jesus said was all about putting us in a place of the authority of heaven. Those who are our father, your kingdom come in and through us on the earth. That's the goal of it. It wasn't that way. You'll just be nice, brother. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, man, you'll be the powerhouses of the kingdom. You'll release heaven everywhere you go. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the point of this. But offense, man, it's, it, it says in verse 5, Now he could do no mighty works there except he laid a hands on a few people and, and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. 
And it's such a, a beautiful thing because he actually releases the 12 right after this. He kind of gets blocked there a little bit. He tells the 12 for the first time, go out and do this yourself. Then he tells them, like, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, do all these things. And they go out and start doing it, and it shakes the whole world, the whole region. Herod thinks John the Baptist raised from the bed. I mean, everybody gets shook, but Jesus multiplies. But it comes to this point, you know, that he marveled. It's like, do we have the power to limit God in our life? To limit his power? Sounds that we do. I mean, some people are like, well, that's blasphemy. It's like, no, it's like, he, verse 5, Mark 5, 6, like he could do mo, no mighty works except for laying hands. It's like he still, people were still getting healed when he touched them. So to us, it's just like, boom, well, that is like, it's like, what do you mean he could do no mighty works? People were getting healed by being touched. Like, that's amazing. So what kind of stuff would this guy doing on a regular basis? Yeah. But in reality is, he was limited by their unbelief and offense because they refused to accept that he was there. It's like, no, he's here. It's like, can't be, can't be. I know him. You know what I mean? It's just this, I've got to keep my, I've got to stay where I'm at. It's like stagnation is a choice, man. And so often it is, it is, is directly related to the wounds of the things of the heart. You know, it's like, I, this wasn't, the message wasn't, was not forgiveness today, but it feels that way because it's almost like, look, it is a trap. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean somebody hadn't hurt you. That's, that's called living in the real world, in the world, man. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like forgiving them because they don't know. And sometimes it's hard to like, oh, no, they, he knows. And you choose it by faith to release the forgiveness. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. But by faith, you just choose. I choose to see like you. And people want to step into the mystical. They want to step into dreams, the visions, the angelic, the, all the, the dimensional, the multidimensional reality of God and all these different things. It's like, hey, man, if we cannot love our brother who we have seen, Jesus said. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, it's like he said, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's like, well, you'll not see? Like, what are you talking about? The pure in heart shall see God? All these mystical things that he said. This is not... He's not sitting at a Bible. We've just dumbed his words down. This is heaven itself. This is eyes like blue flames of fire, stars in his hands, sword coming out of his mouth. This is, this is beyond Lord of the Rings. This is, this is beyond things we've, we're called to be entering into this stuff, but we can dumb down and limit him and only expect him. Like, oh, well, this is how. It's like we can't put him in a box. We can't limit him um, because of our own experiences. But it's like when he's hitting on these things about forgiveness and the issues of the heart, and you won't see me until you see blessed is he. It's like, you won't see me until you recognize me within, within, other, within other people. Yeah, amen. And you can't recognize Jesus past an offense or somebody you're offended against or don't like or that hurts you. But Jesus did. They don't know. What does that mean? I see them as my family whom I love, not as my enemies. That's what he said. That's what he's saying. I refuse to see their angry faces looking at me because they're not, they don't know what they're doing. They don't even know who they are. This isn't really them. I know who they are. I, I knit them together wow. in their mom's womb. Like this is the way we're called to see and unlocks everything. It unlocks the gifts of the spirit. It unlocks our relational connection to God, yeah. you know, our walk, the power of the Lord. It's like, you know, well, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's like, yeah, but, but listen, you know, 
when we when we're expecting things based on our in our relational connection to him when we're walking in this reality with him it's like we understand it may not work play out exactly the way i want but it was all his good his goodness and his reality and it's then and it's like we're walking in faith and boom and then it opens up wow. you know we don't send intelligence to what do we say tmz right we don't we send intelligence or the government does to the people in the military that are on the front lines actually that are that are committed to this walk and have and, and are actually engaged in the plans and purposes that are walking this thing and following it you know following through you know what i'm saying we don't just send it out just to well, if you're, you know, just to scratch an itch, you know what I'm saying? This isn't about that. It's about a walk. It's about taking over the world. Amen. It's about taking over the world. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. That's what he said about the church. That's the mission statement of the church. What's the calling of your church, brother? It's like, well, that the gates of hell won't prevail. In other words, not our gates. They're not knocking on our gates. We're going to be so tough that they can't beat at our gates. It's like, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're going against, we're going to go beat their gates down. We're taking this everywhere. We're taking this life everywhere. And effectively walking a life of the gospel unlocks everything, understanding and everything. And that's who we're called to be, you know? And so <clears throat> people sometimes are just trapped, you know, uh, in a cycle of looking to the future, you know, waiting for the big break or hoping for some big time connection, ministry mindedness type of thing or um, but, but what if he's actually already given us everything we need to fulfill our calling and destiny, destiny and to drastically impact the world? Because that's what it sounds like here. That's what Second Peter 1 and 2 and 3 um, sounds like. He has given us, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life, to this life and to godliness, to this walk. You know, it's interesting. It goes on in Second Peter 2. If you, if you just read that verse, I'll close with it just so I won't be long. Um, but when it says that he's given us all things um, to life and godliness, oh no, I'm having my dream realized I can't find it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, he's given you all things, you know, pertaining to life and godliness. He goes on in, in, in verse five and he says, but for this very reason that he's given you all this, give all diligence to add your faith Virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge self-control and self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and God to godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's all the way through verse eight. And he's literally saying he's listening. This is Peter listing off the fruits, fruits of the spirit, just kind of like our Galatians five when Paul listed, listed off these fruits of the spirit. He's saying, hey, he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. So make sure that these fruits of the Spirit are in your life, functioning fully. Because if they are, you're not going to be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge. In other words, your knowledge of God, it's not just familiarity, because it's actually bearing this fruit in your life. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> However, if these fruit are not yours, you're manifesting the fruit of the flesh, the opposite of these things. Lust and perversion, you know, impatience, you know, anger, you know, all the, the fruits of the flesh. If they're not yours, maybe understand that it's not on God's end that you're not walking in this reality. 
but you're being fruitless because the knowledge of the Lord is not actually in you. And 2 Peter 1, is, it's kind of a gut check, man. It really is. And it's just saying, hey, if you're manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, if you're walking in wholeness, it's evidence that you're making your calling and your election sure. This purpose, this destiny, you're walking in it. But it's also, it's, it's not a rebuke. It can be, but it's more like, hey, if these other things are manifesting out of me, there's the knowledge of Christ. I'm lacking. I'm, I'm actually not walking fully in what I'm supposed to. And so this calling and purpose and all these things that I feel, this sense from God, it's like there's things in between that are manifesting out of my heart that I need to relationally connect to him in a real way because I might be still living out some wounds. Yeah. I might still be living out some, I might still be coping. That's what all addictions are. If you look at Galatians 5, all those addictions, this, it's all coping, the drunkenness, the sorcery, which is drug use, you know what I'm saying? All, all the stuff, the perversion, all those things are just coping and needs met that will never inherit the kingdom of God within them. Uh, you, you know, meaning that like, it's just like, it's not lasting peace. It's not lasting fulfillment or godliness or all these things that we're supposed to walk in. And God is so profoundly mystical and profoundly practical simultaneously that it's like, hey man, if we're honest in our walk, the things which he's leading us into are right there for us. And sometimes it's by being honest about what we're dealing with and dealing with it in relationship to him instead of putting on the back burner hoping it goes away, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like actually bringing that to light in him and moving forward because the whole thing is real. The whole thing. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. The ability to see people through a forgiven lens, like not as they are, but who they truly are in him, that is the power of the age to come that comes out of prophetic ministry, which is just New Testament Christianity. It really is. It's seeing seeing people through love. I know some, some of those words are hard to kind of grasp, you know, but when you, because they've been religiousized and, and perverted, you know, but when, when you really look at it, loving people is valuing people and seeing them with the value that they truly are. But, but that comes from knowing him and walking in this life first, yeah. you know, Amen. and then we start to see like him. If there are offenses, if there are things that come in, because they're always ridiculous. I have literally ha ha written in my Bible about them being offended at him because they knew who he was. I don't know when I wrote that, probably a long time ago. Nicole and I have kind of inside joke. We joke about being offended all the time because it's so ridiculous. Like, you know, if you make dinner and it's like, oh, if I made something, she's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, oh, it's pretty good. So it's not good as the one you would have made. You know what I mean? That's how ridiculous offended people are. Now, we do it as a joke. Maybe we shouldn't. Now, I've just outed myself. But I do it as a joke, really. I pretend to be offended sometimes because it's just silly. It's foolishness. And it's almost always an excuse not to walk forward in the practicality. We can take ownership of things, man. We can take ownership of things. And in doing that, we're empowered. Even when we're missing the mark, we can take ownership of of what's going on. That's real repentance is is a turning and like turn towards him. But as long as we're blind eye or want to blame other people for where we're at in life, going to be there. Going to be there till we die. And the good shepherd will have to wipe away every tear because we'll realize like I had the whole thing laid out for you. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I let this petty stuff hold me back from my purpose and my destiny, my calling, what people thought about me or whatever else. Like, yeah, it's heavy, right? It's like, whoo, you know what I mean? That's like, it's real, but it should be heavy. This ain't about going to hell, like, repent, boy. You know, this this ain't that. This is like, hey, live wholeheartedly for the gospel because it's there. It's here, man. You know, and he's given it to us, everything. All right. All right, the main point. What if he is right here with you now? And all that must be done is to realize this reality and acknowledge it. And I love that. I think that's uh, Elder Steve, one of his verses, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Yeah. In all your ways acknowledge him. Always stay connected to God. And your path is being directed in all your ways. Yeah, but what if I'm being a, a rotten scoundrel that day? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Because yeah. that's not who you are. And if that is manifesting, or if I'm fearful, or I'm this, or I'm that, it's like, then acknowledge him in it. Yeah. Let him give you the understanding. Mm-hmm. Receive the healing that was paid for thousands of years ago. Yeah. For it, get the understanding, release the forgiveness, and move forward, and he will direct your paths. Yeah. There are so many people looking for their next step. There's so many people in this town and in this region looking for their next step. What's God going to, where's God got me to be? Where's he going to call me to be? And where's he going to this and where's that? This is, you know, I'm raising money to go live the gospel somewhere else and somebody's got to make my dreams happen or, you know, all these just weird things that have, have become so not biblical. You know what I mean? And reality, it's like, no. It's like, what does it look like to follow through in the here and now? What does it look like to walk in relationship to him and even in his true body? You know what I'm saying? Instead of playing the religious game or even playing a religious game to get your needs met. Like, who can I be friends with at this place or that place? It's like, man, be, a, be about what the kingdom is about. Be about what the Lord is about. Amen. Amen. You know, be fed the, the word of the Lord and actually walk in accountability to that word in your life. Yeah. Like, actually read it every day. It's a good idea. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> So I, so I hear, you know, every word that proceeds, proceeds out of his mouth, you know. It's like, look, immaturity is over with. You know what I mean? Amen. I know we have a bunch of kids here, you know, they're all in their rooms. And like, I don't, I don't mean that way. But like, we're coming to the place, a lot of people, the more you understand the Bible, like you don't have a right to play dumb. I know. It's, it's like, we just, we just don't anymore. It's too profoundly simple. We're going to believe it and walk it or not. We're going to concoct things like offenses and you know what I'm saying? Or we're going to deal with our stuff and move forward in him. Yeah. We're going to take the thing seriously and, re- yeah, and realize what's going on and how important this life is and how, how valuable the gift of this life is yeah. and walk this thing out as, you know, in a profound way that touches the whole place. That's the point. All right. So yeah, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that your word is true. I thank you for even highlighting if there's offense or pain in our hearts, areas that you've empowered us, even when many people were wronged and there's real pain there. I thank you for the reality of your healing touch. I thank you for the reality that you've empowered us and that we can release forgiveness even now today into these things and let the healing truly begin 
until we're so whole and full of light. You know, I thank you that um, you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, that you surround our life. You, your goodness surrounds every life in this building. You're on the inside of us, Lord. Let this reality become the forefront of our thoughts as we acknowledge all of our ways in you and to you relationally and walk as the mature believers that all of creation is groaning for. Amen.